The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. You're about to hear an episode of The Marriage Diaries, an exclusive series created by Em and her husband, Scott, for our premium service, Emsolation Extra. There's never been a better time to join our extra family. You can sign up for less than $2 a week on a yearly plan, and you'll get two bonus episodes a week delivered to you in an exclusive feed via your favourite podcast app, Instagram close friends access, 20% off our merch, pre-sale ticket access, and so much more. You can sign up now at emsolation.supercast.com. Extra. 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 It's Emsolation Extra. Well, hello there and welcome to the first ever episode of Emsolation Extra. I think we need some fanfare. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you, Marcella. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty exciting. Welcome, subscribers. And what a lovely sentence to say. My name is M. Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, and a podcaster. And I'm excited that you are all here. Thank you for parting with your hard-earned cash and joining us. Look, we're kicking off. We're kicking off with something juicy, salacious, some would say deliberately so, to hook you all in. My husband and I sat down for an hour-long chat and we went everywhere. It's honest, uncomfortable, I think ultimately uplifting and good for our relationship. We were both challenged and we also got into your questions, which were unflinching at times. To Scott's credit, he got through it. I didn't know that he would because <laughs> oftentimes I can easily touch on my emotions and my issues, but Scotty's a bit of a slow burner and often shuts down when he's feeling emotionally challenged. So I was really impressed with how he held the space with our chat. And it is my great wish that you can sit down and listen to it with your significant other because I just don't think enough people tell the truth about how hard long-term marriages are the balancing of family, the balancing of certain brain conditions, neurobiological makeups, and just everyday kind of minutiae of life. So I hope that you sit and you listen to Scott and I over the next two weeks and maybe it helps put some pieces of the puzzle into place for your relationship. Now, I wanted to remind you on Thursday, we've got our AMA with Michael and I, and you could submit your questions through the Supercast platform. Got some great ones coming through. Ask us whatever you want, any burning thing you have for Michael and I, or if there's a topic you want us to cover, or if there's something you want to get my unfiltered ADHD unmasked take on. Honestly, the sky's the limit for you, and that's going to happen every Thursday. And we save your questions, we collate them, so you can put in as many as you want. There's no limit. That's going to be happening on Thursday. But right now, I want you to get ready, snuggle down for part one of my chat, my 
therapy session sans therapist with my husband and partner of 22 years, Scott Barrow. Enjoy. Scott Maloney Barrow. Welcome. You're the first ever guest. You're even here before Michael Lucas to Emsolation Extra. Extra, extra. Look, you know to put the echo in. Are you ready? Yep. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Mm. You were not confident when I initially approached you. Talk me through that process. Talk me through the approach, my technique, and how you felt after. Oh, how you asked me? Yeah. (laughs) He's laughing because... There was no asking. (laughs) There's never any asking. There you go. Lesson number one. Yeah, what did I do? (laughs) We're going to do this, okay? Not even okay. We're going to do this. We need to do it. It's going to be good. And I did it in front of how many people? Yeah. Always (laughs) a witnessing (laughs) gathering, always. No, it's going to be good. People are obsessed with us because... Because why? We have broken up twice and got back together. And a lot of people's relationships end for one reason or another and you don't often hear of them rejoining, rekindling. Marriages are hard, one in two end, and sometimes one of the parties don't want them to end but it's done for the other one. And the number one question I get asked is, what brought you back together? Truly. And I answer with, we didn't want to live with our parents anymore. <laughs> no, let's take it Lesser back. Lesser of two evils. <laughs> no, I think I knew I really wanted to do this kind of, but I didn't know how it kind of would fit in Emsolation. So when we came up with Emsolation Extra, I said to the team, the first thing I'm going to do is get Scott on and we're going to talk about long-term relationships and we're going to specifically talk about our marriage. And they were like, he will not do it. Your daughter said he will not do it. And I said, he will do it. He absolutely will. And here you are. So... Good for her. Good for you. Mm. Okay? Mm. All right. So what we thought would happen is we'll just chat a little bit um, about the start, the origins, because every romance has a beginning. We've got some great questions from the Emsolators. But what about if I say this too, like if anyone is assuming that I or we are sort of saying we are experts in this stuff, that is a wrong assumption. Like... We're the worst people you could ask for this sort of stuff. However, we are willing to discuss it. I wouldn't say we're the worst. The very, very worst. There's been a study. The very worst. I didn't take part in any study. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, you're here. You are. I no, would but- say we're the best. I totally disagree with you. <laughs> there it is. Do you know why? Two. You know why we're the best? Why? We're still here, and we're willing to admit it's hard, but we're still fucking here. Mm. So take that back. Well, maybe right, there I'm is making some, a note of that. May, <laughs> what time is it? He said we maybe there is some expertise contained so. within. And some stubbornness. <laughs> we met what year? Ooh, uh, 98. Is it 98? Around there? Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. For the first 98, time. 98, 99. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I walked into the Victorian Institute of Sport and I heard this voice. Say something sporty. Say something sporty like what you would have said. High performance. (laughs) (laughs) 
And the voice, my God. And I desperately hoped that the rest of the package matched the voice. And I walked around the corner and you were sitting in the reception area chatting with the jaw and you were quite muscular at the time. Um, and it was just like, oh, it was amazing. Ooh. But I, you're also a very visual, you're a sensory-based person. Yes, yes. So you're hearing things, you're yep. seeing things, yep. and it's calibrating with images that you've had previously. Yeah, it was great. It was all good. Everything was going for you except you were in a relationship. Oh, yeah. And you're also one of my coaches and you were much older than me. I wasn't your coach then, though. You were one of the coaches at the one, Institute of that's Sport. Right. And I saw, you know, you were, I saw you was, you were untouchable, you know? Mm, and I was. also, you were much older than me. For a 19 year old yeah. compared to 25, 26 was what yeah, you were. Yeah, seemed much older. Yeah, now, I mean, not so much. I yeah. mean, you are 50 and I am like 25 mentally, so still quite an age gap. Anyway, I just had a real crush on you. And um, our, my coach, Matt, who is your friend also, I just would talk about you relentlessly in sessions and I would need to know everything. And <laughs> like, What were you asking like him questions I was about just, me? I, yeah, just what does he do? Has he, <laughs> has he got a girlfriend? Yes, he's got a girlfriend. Like, bloody hell. Anyway, we, became, we kind of became friendly and whatever and then I moved to Sydney. Do you remember? No, because <laughs> we'd only probably spoken about three times across nine months. It's true. I moved to Sydney and that whole time I was kind of keeping, trying to keep tabs on you. I was on an email chain with a guy named Diamond Dave and I would ask questions about you, but you didn't know I was keeping tabs on you. And I moved home at the end of 99. Do you remember? And there was a, a group email sent around. Mm. And I nabbed and some joy, like I wanted to come back to the VIS to train again and by some miracle, Vern, who was the head of the VIS at the time, emailed me and tagged all of you blokes in it and I seized on your email address like fucking, oh, my God, it was like I'd been in the desert and someone offered me a drop of water. It was the most exciting thing. This was pre-social media. I couldn't stalk you. I couldn't, like, find you. Although, my God, if I was trying to date you now, Oh, your social media would kill me. <laughs> mm. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> so I came back into the VIS and there you were and I we started chatting. We started becoming, we, we became good mates, didn't we? Yeah, I don't know if it was mates, but it was, an, yeah, we had a conversation. So there was a bit of a, I don't know, there was a bit of general level ke chemistry. You know yeah, what I mean? Those bands, good yeah, bands. Yeah, that, that's what. I, that's right. And what did you think of me? Uh, I, I liked your energy. Yep. Yep. I liked your physique. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe my physique? Uh, absolutely superb. Yep. Powerful. Keep going. <laughs> oh, this is like getting fucking blood from a stone. What are you, a Mills and Boone novel? Let it all out. <laughs> no, I mean. Specifically no, say look, the parts. Look, no, 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 no. Not, you're working with all these athletes, right? So they've all got phys physical bodies that show their sport sort of thing and you are, you're a sprinter and you could see that. Oh, the romance right now is just this man. Okay, so now you're getting just an let idea. It, let it, it be was where like it's at. blood from a stone, right? So I'm trying everything. What you're getting? I'm so glad you're just being you right now. So I'm like, what can I do to get this man to, to notice me? Like months and months going by. And finally he's put in charge of my stretching, my flexibility. And 
there was one time Scott was stretching my hamstring. Oh, that's a famous story. And he was laying on my leg and he looked at me and Scott's got these big brown eyes and he was right on top of me and, like, our groins were touching. Was, no, they bloody weren't. Like, As if I would do that. Our groins were touching. They weren't. Do you remember the position you No, used? I do. I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep and going. he looked at me. And, I'm, and, he, and he went to speak and I'm like, oh, God, this is it. This is it. This is it. Woo! What this did you think it. I might have like, said? It was like. <sighs> I thought. What did you think I might have said? What, you're gonna what, say, what types of things could I have said or are you hoping I said? Or Okay. I, I was hoping you were going to say, Emmy, <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about you nonstop for two years. And finally, I have the courage to tell you that you're so everything. totally straight out of a fucking book movie. Yeah. Yeah. I genuinely going. was like, this is it. This is my moment. Like, come on. And then you looked at me and you opened your mouth and what did you say to me? Just say it. You've got really elastic muscles. <laughs> what the fucking hell? Uh, yeah, you've got really elastic muscles. I was like... Oh, but so don't just, worry. It just pointed to my integrity, you know, just keeping the mind on the job and professional. But don't professional. worry. I overanalyzed that. I told everybody. Like I faxed it to Jess, my cousin, when I went to my job. I wrote a fax to her and I sent it. I said he told me that he told me that I have elastic muscles. What does that actually what mean? mean? <laughs> What's he really saying? Hundred percent. How about what I fucking said? Oh my God. How aggressive was that? God. Yeah, here we go. Someone asked me if Scotty's actually chill. We'll get to that because there's your little clue as to whether Scotty's chill or not. No, every now and then it t- tips over. <laughs> what goes up, my Scotty? Impatience. Down? It's an impatience. Yeah, you are. That's okay. And people think things. that was me. Some things sometimes. That would be some things Emmy, sometimes all the no, time. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> anyway, we did finally get our act together and Scott asked me out and we went on our first date. Mm. Where do we go? We went to a Revolver. We did go to Revolver. And did we eat? We ate food, didn't we? Thai food. Thai food because there was a Thai kitchen. I don't know if there still is there. Yep. And I slept good. with you on our first date. Yeah. And then I didn't hear from you for a week. Oh, that's right. Do you remember why? Well, yeah. It's a funny story. Yeah, I'd, I'd pranked my friend and then I was trying to stay away from him for a few days, so I was sort of... <laughs> I felt like I had a, someone was tailing me the whole time. You pranked your friend who was a former Navy SEAL. Mm. And special forces. Special forces. He was a terrifying large American. You'd put surf wax I'd on his... I waxed his windscreen. <laughs> he... And this guy, if he had a... Tra- no, he wouldn't have... He would never have done... But he would have tried to get me back. <laughs> he never would have hurt me or anything like that. No no way, but... um. So I didn't hear from you for ages. Yeah, and also, to be honest, within <gasps> that... Oh, my God, wait, shh, is this new information? New information. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> okay. You haven't got the right sound effect, have you? Um, you haven't got it. Uh, you haven't got uh, it. No. no. Okay, go. No, but also I, I was... Hang on. Yeah, that's that's right. Okay. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was shy as well. So I probably did want to speak to you, but I was too shy to just even call or... M- Make the first move or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm. It did take you a Be year. Be proactive. To ask me out. So I'm in mean, a phone call within a week of sleeping with you. But I don't, know if I, I don't know if we were available for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, it was almost a year. 
So it was but 10 we months. But we weren't like, it's not as though we were seeing each other weekly or fortnightly for that whole year. I was trying. I really tried. But I don't think we were. I don't think it was a bit more patchy, the, the, the run-ins. Yeah, because there, be were, there were no mobile phones and it took me a long time to figure out your schedule so I could show up at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy. <laughs> I was busy. But we did, we got together and it was a whirlwind romance. Do we need to get in the questions now? No. No. Just let me steer the ship, dickhead. <laughs> People like this stuff, painting a picture. Mm. And this is a two episodes, it's two parts. Just calm your farm and let me steer the ship, okay? Okay. God, trying to direct things. Just relax. Just be with me, okay? We're just here. Don't worry about the microphone. Just having a chat. Unclench your sphincter. (laughs) All right. So we got together and four months later Mm. when we were living in St Kilda in our one-bedroom apartment... Yeah. I found out I was pregnant with the glorious Marcella. Yep. And it was a shock, a massive shock. And the first huge test for us and also a precursor to the next 22 years (laughs) of us having big challenges but ultimately overcoming them or ignoring them and pushing them under the rug, one of the two. Probably a bit of both. I would say definitely a bit of both. Practical. <laughs> I reckon you'd get like behavioural therapists, they would sort of say, yeah, they would acknowledge that. They yeah. would say that's they're all part of the equation. Got to survive. Hmm. And so now we will get to the questions. God, that was painful. I had this vision of us doing like a Bridgerton-style reenactment of the start of our romance because do you know what relationship counsellors say? They say go back and think about when you first met each other and about all the things you liked about each other. And all I got from you was you had an athletic physique. Like I really thought you were going to say you you had great you beautiful eyes and I loved your vibe. Like I got nothing. I got nothing. This is not what I thought. I loved your beautiful eyes. Ah! You had beautiful eyes. All right. So we put it out to you all and the questions that came back were unflinching. Some of them are voyeuristic. We enjoy it. Some of them are going to challenge you and I. Now, initially we were just going to challenge each other, but then the questions came in and I said to Scott, I think it's going to be better for us and also everyone listening if we just answer these amazing questions. Mm. Do you feel Uh, okay with that? Well, I haven't seen the questions. Well, that's okay. This is all going to be edited and if there's a question you're not comfortable with, we'll take it out, okay? Question number one, and this is from Carolyn. You can answer first. Or do you want me to answer first? I don't know. I don't know the question. What's the one thing you would change about the other if you could? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. I would change Scott's lack of ability to spring to action. Probably. That's like, prob- is that like a spontaneity? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. You have no spontaneity. Spontaneity makes you impatient and anxious. You don't like it. You like plans. I do have it. It just doesn't come out much, to be fair. Yeah. But yeah. that's all. That's probably like. It just the, depends on the circumstances and what sort of. Yeah. I, I th- but within us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I know when I have these grand ideas, which I tend to have. But you've got like. Hang mm, on. Sorry. When I have these grand ideas that I tend to have. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And then 
the girls and I sometimes call Scott with love the joy killer because he'll come in with all <laughs> the things we need to think about before we launch into it or the things that could go wrong first. And because I'm glass half full and sometimes to my detriment, I resent the lack of Jake the dog from Adventure Time. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. So that's probably one of the things I would change about you. Is that okay? It's all right. Okay. What would you change about me? Um, Everybody's taking a big breath. Everybody's leaning uh, in. That's That's okay. You can listen. There's nothing that you can say. It's safe space. No, I'm trying to. Well, you make decisions that involve me and that you, in your mind, build up an expectation that I will be committed to, Mm -hmm. but... I wasn't in. I wasn't involved in the decision in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you sort of make commitments on my behalf. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't. Yeah. And how do you? But how does it make you feel? Uh, all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, frustrated, angry, disrespected, mm. um, wasting time, all sorts of stuff. Okay. All right. For the record, he found that very hard. <laughs> yeah, my brain was. No, your brain was good. No, I was just trying to come up with some. You know, it doesn't matter. That was good. Okay, next question is from Hanny. How do you manage conflict? We don't. But how do we? <laughs> Tell the truth. We argue. Or we don't. Yeah. Usually it's keeping our distance for a while. Yeah. That's the, that's the main, I would say, that's the, yeah. our main method. And I now know, because I'm autistic, I now know why I have this, I have this like pathological need to be away from you when we have a blow up. I feel, I genuinely feel like you are kryptonite at that point in time and that if I'm around you, I will not be able to find I can see it too. Yeah. And it's like. But that's because of the autism. No, I know. Yeah. I, I see you, you're like you're, um, it's like it's actually affecting your whole soul and cells. It I can is. see it. <laughs> I can see it. Does it help you understand that better now knowing that I'm autistic, my response um, to our a little, conflicts. A little bit. I, I, I learnt that was your, your. you know, I learnt that you weren't trying to put on a show for me. Maybe early on, maybe I thought you might have been, but, you know, in the early years. But no, I, I, I learnt that that was like, that was a real reaction. I could see it. Your whole skin changes, the colour of your skin, energy, all sorts of things you can see. So it doesn't really help doesn't really change much, mm. but it's, it's a nice add-on if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to it, but. The, the issue is with us, we rarely come back to it. We rarely come. Never. Yeah. I or mean, almost no, never. sometimes. Don't reconcile though. No, we never reconcile. So if we come back to it, we nev- we'd never get a reconciliation. But I realise we do reconcile in our own way in that. Yeah, it's maybe unspoken. And we do little acts of kindness yeah, yeah, yeah. for There's each that. other. That definitely happens. Yeah. But I think we could help ourselves and go a bit faster and a bit further yeah. if we did have some uh, conversational rec- reconciliation and, and an agreement on the way forward. And that's both of us avoiding conflict. Yes. But for me, I don't resolve conflict with you or go back to the issue because I feel this intent, like I'm, I want to vomit. I really, I cannot endure those three days of feeling like physically alienated from my body and soul. Because when you and I are in a bad place, when you and I are not talking to each other or, or, or we're feeling, it's Michael Lucas. <laughs> this is the professional right now getting interrupted. Michael by Lucas her is calling. Notifications. <laughs> I love that he knew that. So I think, yeah, for me, I, I genuinely do not want to feel that way again. So I just, just, we just put it under the rug. And the problem with our rug, and it got to this point when we separated, it was so lumpy and bumpy, it was so many unresolved things. 
But then you and I kind of, I mean, I figured out you and I have, you know, 90 different arguments, but we it's just the one issue for each of us. And the one issue for each of us in every argument shows up just with different flavours on it. Do you remember this? Yeah, um, I can't remember that clearly right now. So whenever you and I are in conflict, generally the theme for me is I don't want to be left alone to do this by myself and you don't want to be feeling like you're being told what to do. And that any time that you and I are in deep conflict, usually there's that's what's bubbling under the surface of the interaction. So, yeah, we could be much better at going back, but I do think to our credit we've found our own way and that is the little acts of service for each other. Do you agree? Yeah, the second part, the first part is not as I'm not convinced on that, that that's the root of it all. You don't think that we both show I up? Think, I think you, that's how you see it. Yeah. But I think, but, the, but I think there's a chance mm. that if I went to right at the bottom of it with help from someone to clarify it, it might be a little bit different. And I think that is the, the root of our problem. The fact that we see the, the root cause is slightly different. So I'm not trying to argue with you because you, what you've presented is a lot better than what I've presented, which is nothing. But but it could be different. All right. This is from Joey. Joey. What is your reoccurring small argument you always go back to? Good question. I like that question. Isn't it about time usage and planning and... Um, the spreading of the domestic load. For me, that's what I would answer. Yeah, it's like... The stuff that needs to be done in our lives and then how we work together with that to get it done, you know what I mean, and all the other commitments and stuff like that. Yeah. So you've got your things that you want to do and need to do and I've got mine and all that and then it's how, you, how we co- uh, what, you yeah, know, coordinate, coordinate it all. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's definitely the small argument. Because it's interesting, whenever, say, we're away from, like, say, on a little holiday or a day away or two days away or whatever it is, mm. and the, the kids aren't there, not the, yeah. we had, you know, but there's no external mm. pressures. Mm. <laughs> you and I are fine. In yeah. fact, it reminds me of what, yeah. what it, always, every time. Yeah. It only takes a few hours for us too. I know. We, we really do All bounce sudden, back. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. That's another good thing about being autistic ADHD. I just bounce back. <laughs> Eventually. It's fine. But, yeah, that, so, yeah, it's that. Yeah, things that need to be done, things that need to be done. Yeah, it's about how we use the time that we've got and within the, you know. Yeah, my, the main thing for me is, and the main source of like the small fights is I feel like I do way too much and I feel like your contribution is not consistent enough and not enough. And in all honesty, the number one thing that I get fed back from my audience is like huge. Whenever we post anything about domestic load, whenever we talk about, you know, the roles of the traditional heteronormative relationship, like even with this Mother's Day competition I just ran, the comments were grim, Scotty. They were so grim. It made me so sad. This is an issue in so many relationships and so many people in the questions asked this of us. And it was variations of how do you manage the domestic load? Do you think Scott appreciates how much you do? Like, like there's just so many different questions around them wanting to know how do I have a conversation with my husband and make sure he sticks to it? And you and I were talking about this and it's 
it would it would feel like a personal attack for you, but if you zoom out, this is a societal expectation we've had on women for generations. I certainly watched my mother and grandmother do everything all the time. And my mum was kind of the boomer generation where she was the, that she got a full-time job on top of that. And as a result, my mum was burnt out and exhausted a lot. And now I understand that completely. But I think, yeah, the idea of the domestic load is something I think you and I should get into because you've gotten much better, I've noticed, in the last few months especially. Few months? Yeah. I think you've, when I say better, more consistent I think it would often take for me to have a meltdown and yell at you all or to just be crying and begging for you to kind of realise, oh, you know, because you're often, the thing with Scotty is he's very kind of, not blinkered, but, you know, you you just live in your life and you don't necessarily take in a lot around you as I take in everything. And I think now you're making more consistent efforts to share the domestic load. But before that, do you think that you were just kind of doing what you saw your parents do with me? Maybe, yeah. Um, Part of it was that also was that you were doing what you were doing, which is this freak doer. (laughs) And Rossiano, freak doer. um, In all, you know, all this energy, all this drive and all this motivation and then you've you've learnt where that's come from and how – started to not serve you well. Early, early, early years you did it because you could and you thrived on it almost. Oh, I thank God for her. <laughs> and then and then as you, that's not been working for you. So my, what I'm trying to say is like it was just sort of fitting into the way of our dynamic. It wasn't just me no. consciously being um, self-centred, although there will be a part of that mm-hmm. for sure, but it was just like that's what our relationship, how it formed. Like, And I think there is an element for you with learned helplessness because you grew up with a mum who did everything. Like that's just what your mum was very like me, like all over the place, very busy and making sure everyone's okay and, you know, that whole. Mm. And so you and your brother and your dad had a woman in the house who, like I'm amazed at what your mother accomplished. She was just, she was everywhere for everyone all the time but not for herself. Yeah. You know, she never did what she wanted to do for herself. I think a lot of women would hear me say that. Yeah, and uh, to extend onto that for my mum, not only never did that, or well, I don't know, but um, but then in recent years, recent decades, you know, like, what do you want to do, mum? Yeah. And she goes, I don't even know how to set goals for myself. She can identify a billion things for other people that would be yeah. brilliant for them. Yeah. And, you know, supports that. Mm. But for herself, there's just nothing there. There's no connection to it. Well, that's so many women because we see <clears throat> ourselves as an so extension. So therefore you lose yourself because yeah. you're not doing the, the really – anyway. Yeah, we do lose ourselves. It. It's No, but it's true. We, we often connect ourselves as extensions to those around us and forget that we're our own person. So we don't develop that. Yeah, you can't develop it if you're not spending any time on yourself mm. thinking about what you're interested in or what you makes you feel alive or, you know, all that. So anyway, but I don't want to be – I don't want to try to move away That's from That's fine. This. No, because for me, lockdown really illustrated that how unfair the balance was for us, truly. And that's when I kind of had that, I just, you know, I got the ADHD diagnosis and I really kind of had like a nervous breakdown, I guess. And I just, I realised for so many years I'd been overcompensating and trying to win like approval and doing things for, from the wrong place, like doing them for love, Other, not And from for love. others. Yeah. 
And as in for the approval of others, like you said. Totally. But I think what really frustrated me was sometimes I, I feel like you just sit there and watch me, you know, running myself into the ground. You just watch because you're waiting for me to tell you what to do or you're waiting for me to give you a list or you don't think it necessarily needs doing. You don't agree with the thing that I'm doing that, like, uh, it's fine, Em, good enough is enough. And often with me and you, there's a lot of conflict around my standards are ridiculous and your standards are that of an average bloke. (laughs) You know, like, whatever, good enough to be dangerous. So that often for me is a is a gap between, you know, you and I. Mm. So what are you saying there? Well, like, yeah, go. I, no, sorry, keep going. No, what do you want to say? Well, I was just wondering if you feel like those standards, like there's, like the standards that I might have at various times are wrong. No, not wrong, lower and different. Different. Mm. But definitely. Lower? Definitely. Like, or different? No, lower in terms of. I want everything clean all the time. I don't mind clean. No, but you don't mind a bit of grot. No, I, I like clean, but I'm not going to spend my every day exactly. as much as the pressure that you feel to do it. No, yeah. no way. I'm not living for that. I know. And that's the difference. I feel that the pressure I know, I know. Yeah. to maintain that for our family because that's what our family function best in when things are organised because we're all, you know, neurodivergent and I think... I feel approached some kind of, you know, I've got the autism side of me that craves order and needs things to be a certain way and if they're not, you know, like I'm constantly fighting my own brain. <laughs> but I I feel like it's easy for you to go, oh, I'm not going to make that my, you know, my life. That's not what I'm living for because someone else is. And I think if I took your attitude of that's not what I'm living for, I think that it would be total chaos in our house. And then I think... I know that I would start to feel judgment from you, pressure from you, or you'd walk around huffing and puffing, you'd feel frustration, why is there crap everywhere? I don't think you actually realise how much of my week is dedicated to making sure the house is clean for the four of you. I genuinely don't think, I think you would be horrified if I clocked my hours. Do you think? (laughs) Answer honestly, it's what people want. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. How much do you think I do? Genuinely. What? Like how much cleaning, say say of seven days, how many you're hours doing, a week you're, do you doing, You're doing bits and pieces of that all the time. Yeah, you know, every sort of, every session in the house that you might have, there'll, there'll be a little bit you're, you're doing. But wouldn't you say whenever I'm in the house, I'm either cleaning or working? Or... Shell shock recovery. Yeah. In front of a, you know, watching yeah. screen to try and wind down. But never during the day. At night I do that. But during the day, have you, during the day, during the week, do you ever see me just sitting down doing nothing? No, I don't see you, um, yeah, like you say, work or jobs, whatever mm. they are, mm. helping others, the kids or whatever as well. Um recovering mm. in front of watching stuff and not just at night, sometimes in the daytime. Mm. Not, But not, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not often that you are, um, it's recreation or re- <laughs> regeneration. Do you know what I mean? It's not like no. construct, it, like it's always rea- reactive. It's not ever, 
I'm going to do this because I know this is going to fuel me up and and mm. make me feel good at just to be alive, sort of thing. What do you think about that? Um, it's not good. No, it's not good. What do you think about that? I think um, I think I feel like you're you're pointing the finger at me. It's Emsolation Extra.